This episode of Manage Smarter is presented by Sales Fuel Coach, our adaptive sales coaching featuring five-minute quick coaching personalized to each sales rep. Learn more about Sales Fuel Coach at salesfuel.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast. I'm Audrey Strong, Director of Communications for SalesFuel. And I'm C. Lee Smith. I'm the President and CEO of SalesFuel. We have a very, very busy session. Aileen Gibb, welcome to our microphones all the way from Scotland. Is that right? That's correct. Welcome. Hello. For those of you not familiar with Aileen, it's AileenGibb.com. You've got to go check it out. She is a conversationalist, a questioner, and a listener, all three. Boy, I wish I could do that. Hmm. Master coach. She's uh, spoken as a TEDx speaker and the author of a book called Asking Great Questions, an Essential Companion for Every Leader. Aileen, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. You know, Audrey, one of the things is when we first started this show, I was, one intrepidation I had was, what if I get on the show and I ask a really stupid question? I was like, well, you know what? Today is exactly the day I don't want to do that. That's okay. There are no stupid questions. <laughs> oh, that's good. Should put you in the penalty box, right? That's know. right. <laughs> so, what is great? The great conversations are within all of us. Live within all of us, Aileen. And you were saying that to get to the next level, if you're a manager, whether you're a middle manager or a C-suiter, if you're blocked, um, what does that mean? And what is the process for somebody who doesn't know anything about it? Um. For the process of asking questions, Audrey, yes. or for, yep. yeah, asking great questions. You know, I think first of all, it requires you to slow down and realize that there's a world beyond what you already know, and we live in a world where still too many promotions or leadership roles, management roles, are based on people getting them because they think they know the right answers. To get them based on their technical experience or their past record. And then when they find themselves in these positions, leading people, leading companies, they, they almost pressurize themselves to even more have the right answers. They think that's what their value is. And if they can only stop and ask themselves what they don't know, I think it leads to more powerful relationships and connection with people. You know, I had a client, one of my original clients really pride, took pride in the fact that he didn't understand a lot of the technical detail and it gave him the strength because he could only be curious and ask lots of questions. And as soon as he did that, he's engaging with people, he's involving people. And literally, that's the way to build those cultures of engagement um, that people so yearn for. So the title of your book is Asking Great Questions. So what is in a great question? What's that look like? Well, um, my great questions come from the years of coaching I've done with people. So again, it's not that there's a pure science to it, Lee. Um, my sense is that it comes from being very much in the moment, from listening deeply to the signals, listening for what's not being said, 
and trusting the question that wants to be asked. Although I would say that the greater questions are certainly ones that are simple, short, and totally open. Like coming from a place of genuine, I don't know what the answer is. So on that spectrum from telling to asking the great question, you know, I know what I know, or I kind of know what I know, but I still frame it as a question, so it's not really a question. Mm -hmm. I'm still trying to tell you what I think. <laughs> uh, maybe just put a question mark at the end of my voice. Um, and the really great questions are those ones where you say, I honestly don't know what the answer could be here. And I honestly do want to hear the other person's perspective or opinion. And that's where the conversation can build into some new discoveries or potential or exciting ideas. That being said, you did say that you have some favorite questions, though, that you do. do. What are some of those? Yes, I do couple of really good questions um, which come from my coaching time with people again and one that I will invariably ask at some point is and what's really stopping you mm. you know so it's very probing it's very challenging for some people and I will ask it several times in a coaching conversation until the penny drops that at the end of the day, there may only be the one thing stopping you, and it's something in yourself. And those are real breakthrough moments that come from that very simple question. And the other two questions I like to work with are, what if, building that possibilities, opening up people's ideas, and why not? Um, because when people can explore the why not, they realize where they're thinking, is stuck or they're doing the same thing over and over again and they're not opening up their minds to why not why don't I try it so those are some of my favorite questions and what else and what else is a great question as well yes that's a very powerful question that's actually quoted by Michael Bungie-Stenier one of the um, famous Canadian coaches in his book The Coaching Habit and he says that's the most awesome question of all and what else because it keeps people probing deeper into their thinking and their awareness and my philosophy is always ask the same question in different ways three or four times to get to the real story and to help people explore their thinking at that deeper level so what what it what if you work with somebody is who's not as comfortable with this process is listening and you've resonated with them, but they're like, I don't, I don't know if I want to talk to somebody about my deep, deepest, darkest fears as a C-suiter. How can people sort of get be, beyond that initial, not everybody's. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. I think I know what you're saying. Audrey. Questions can go in two directions, right? The more we ask the question, we're uncovering layers, but they can move up the way as well to into the creative layers you know, someone might initially feel they have to stay safe and not say their boldest idea or their boldest thought. Um, but the more we ask the question and get them comfortable with moving through their own thinking, eventually we discover that there could be an idea sitting in there that nobody did ever So the questions can go 
up the way into those creative realms of possibility as well as into those deeper darker places um where people can discover things about themselves as well is there ever a time when you don't want to ask a question what's that to me? is there ever a time where you don't want to ask ask a question well there probably is if i'm answering that from my role as a professional coach then I've actually learned that the times I don't want to ask the question suggest exactly the question that needs to be asked. And that if I'm, I may not be in service of my client if I hold back and don't ask the question. And the secret to it is I'm not attached to what the answer is because sometimes the, quest, the answer isn't there immediately. But my service to the client has simply been to ask the question. They may take that question home with them. They might ponder it as they're driving along the highway. They might repeat it to their wife when they get home. Oh, I was asked this question today. Or they may just think about it as they put their head on their pillow at night. And that question's doing its work on them. It's hard to kind of wrap your head around it if you come out of, you know, like a structured educational system as mm -hmm. three of us have, where you're supposed to take a test and there's a right answer. <laughs> And there's a wrong answer and you're scored. And we do that to ourselves continually all day. That's and, there's several, I do. and there's several that, right answers. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's totally, um, like that's one of the drivers behind my work really. Um, that if we can change that culture around needing to be right and needing to have the answers and be judged on whether we're right or wrong. Like if we could live in a world where we don't make people wrong, Mm -hmm. I wonder what we could create. That's and as a leader, there's a real opportunity there. If you're not making people wrong, you're opening up their creative juices and they can help make things happen for themselves and for their business. Do you have an anecdote so, uh, or, or an example of... Um, a client, you don't have to, obviously it's all private, you don't have to name names, but somebody that was stuck went through this process and what the result was, a little mini case study you could share with us? Yeah, I'd have um, many of them. Um, let me think which one we might talk about. Um, I answered a client who was a senior C-suite executive who was having some challenge with his board director. And so the whole, you know, there was like a kind of a relationship um, thing going on there. And he never felt heard and, you know, couldn't have the questions. So I equipped him with questions to go in and ask more questions, to be curious about who this other person was. And he, at one point was, feeling the relationship was beyond repair and that he would end up perhaps having to walk. But we worked with it and he made the choice. I kept asking him in the questions, what did he really want for himself? And the more he sat and asked himself that question, he said, I do want to be successful here. I do want to overcome this. I do want to learn who I can be beyond this relationship challenge. And he went on to run the company, get investment, take it through some tough times. And, you know, that conversation of him equipping himself with questions. I also had another client recently who 
was trying to convince somebody of something, of an argument, you know, her perspective, trying to influence and persuade that something should go forward in a certain way. And she sent me this email before she was going to issue it. And it was like four pages long. And it was all, I think we should, what, you know, why don't you, you should, I should, you know, very kind of pushy. After coaching, working through it, we reduced it to four questions. So instead of trying to convince the other person of her state of affairs, she used questions to invite the other person to look at things from another perspective. And she felt so much better going in with questions than trying to convince, you know, and feeling defensive and combative with it. So that was beautiful, that one. What were the four questions? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> well, I can't. Sorry to be so predictable. They weren't generic questions, right? They were taking the argument she was trying to make them and turning them into thought-provoking questions and in a way opening up the conversation. So they were actually very specific to the context in which that situation happened. So let's say that you've got uh, someone who does not want to share information with you or they're very reserved or they're introvert. How, what kind of questions can you ask to draw information out of them and get them to open up and, and share more of that information with you? You know, first of all, I never believe questions should be used to force people to open up. Mm. It's a relationship thing. So it sometimes can be a gradual process. Um, and I would start off with something very gentle, like what's on your mind? That's a great question. And have them just, in fact, one of my clients has just told me a few weeks ago that that's one of the ways she's using the questions book. She goes to her team members and she says, what's on your mind today? And the team member will have a chat about where they're at, what's going on. And she said, and then Aileen, I look up your book. And there's always been questions that I can further the conversation with that individual. She's always found a topic in the book that has helped her build that conversation out with her team member. I thought that was a really cool way to use it. Aileen, when did you realize that you needed to become a better asker of questions? Um, well, first of all, when I was asked a question, by my own leader way, way back in my career when I had been working in HR, human resources, and my leader, who now I would call my very first coach, although that word wasn't used at that time, I didn't mm -hmm. realize that's the role he was playing. Um, and he got promoted to running the company and his question to me was, so what do you really want to do in this business, Aileen? And I, looking back, I was like, wow, that was so, so powerful. And then he supported me to move into a role, which was a big stretch for me, very defining learning period for me. Um, but it really set me on that track of what it feels like to be asked a question which pulls out or which draws out your own dreams and ambitions and the challenge you want to set for yourself. And... And then even earlier than that, actually, Lee, I remember when I was the sweet little age of 13 going to my careers officer 
to say where could I learn, which university in Scotland could I go to because I wanted to do languages, secretarial skills and business. And that careers advisor cut me right down. He said, there is no such course, Aileen. And I didn't believe him. I actually went and asked the questions of all the universities to say, how can I study these particular subjects and get a degree for them? So I think it came out in me quite early on in that sense, Lee. Where did you end up? Um, University of Strathclyde in Glasgow, where I, yes. did, I did do secretarial training along with my business studies and my languages and then moved into human resources. We've got a couple minutes left. Um, one last question I have is, uh, let's say you're not a C-suiter, but you're middle management. So you're smushed in between, you know, managing up and managing down. Um, is there any risk to asking a question, managing up to people who may no. not care what you want or want to collaborate yeah. or? Yeah, I actually think, I actually think that's one of the most powerful arenas for coaching, for questions to play their part. Because again, it gives that middle manager a sense of um, confidence, again, that they're not pushing or critiquing or judging or fighting against the upper views. They're simply asking questions in the same way as my earlier client did. And, you know, I really believe it's a way for people to find their voice up the way and to be heard up the way. Um, you know, there's an article in our local press here today about our National Health Service saying that they welcome whistleblowers. And I'm so sad that it has to be seen as whistleblowing as opposed to everybody feeling it's part of the relationship and the culture to ask questions up the way and to use that as a way to put your voice forward. And one of my clients, um, a company I worked with many years ago, I always remember the managing director came to me at one point, I was coaching several of those middle managers throughout the organization. At one point, the managing director coming to me and saying, Aileen, how come after my people spend time with you, they come and ask me questions. And <laughs> Stop that was it. Knock it, it off. <laughs> <laughs> coming and asking me things. You know what's beautiful about this, though, is nobody can say that you're not trying to be constructive when you ask a question. That's and you exactly. can always just say back to whoever is I'm, taking issue that I'm just asking the question. I'm just curious. I mean, I mean. <laughs> Totally. You know, it's really powerful, yeah. You mentioned executive coaches, and, and uh, my executive coach, which is the, the late, great uh, Norman Shubb, uh, who passed away recently, and there's a, a real void in my life there, but one of the things that I learned from him was that whenever I have an emotional reaction to something that is said or to a situation, whether or not it makes me sad, it makes me very upset, it makes me confused or um, even makes me deliriously happy, that that's really a good trigger for me then to start asking questions and get more information then so that I can, you know, and it's, and it's better to ask a question than to have an emotional reaction. What would you say to that? Well, I think as well, like that's, that's in the book as well. Some people have said that one of the most powerful parts of the book is the self-reflection questions, right? I agree. Because because obviously, you know, in the busy, busy world that many leaders are living in, 
it's still very challenging for them to slow down and spend time looking at themselves. They're so focused on the results they need to deliver or what's going on for other people. So I've been delighted to hear back from readers of the book that that self-reflective questions are really powerful for them. And, you know, just flicking the book open and seeing what question comes out that you need to sit with on that day or reflect upon or purposefully looking for a situation that you've encountered that day and asking yourself those questions. So the questions that you ask inside yourself, I think are really, really key as well. Yeah, I'd like one of those 365-day calendar yes. type things. Yeah, there's a question that, a day to ask yourself. You know, that'd be awesome. <laughs> one, one question a day plus iron. Good, well, good, that good is, for um, you. that will be a possible option when the book gets turned into an app. Awesome. Ah, I love that idea even better. <laughs> so for people who are inspired, because you are inspirational, um, how do you want them to reach out to you through the website, Twitter, or what do you like? Um, yeah, they can get me out through aileengib.com or email me at aileengib at iCloud.com. Aileengib at iCloud.com? on Facebook. Okay. Yeah, aileengib at iCloud.com is my great. current email address. Aileen, yeah. thank you for being here. And for those of you who are listening for the first time, uh, and Aileen, you too, please share this. Tell a friend. Tell your stakeholders. You'd really help us out by recommending this, subscribing, rating, and reviewing. For those of you and our subscribers who are repeat listeners, thank you for coming back. We appreciate it. Um, all the back episodes and the guest inquiry forms are at managesmarter.com if you have a guest you'd like to suggest to us. And we welcome your feedback. You can always contact the show by emailing me, moi, a strong at salesfuel.com. Aileen, thanks again. And thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.